0: Hello everyone and welcome to We Hate People the podcast where the host puts more enthusiasm into the intro than the rest of the show and that's really not saying a lot either. This is episode 13 recorded Sunday May the 1st 2016 or at least it would have been apart from reasons. I am your lamentable host Simon Potter and with me is a man who never tries to be too witty, too charming or too vivacious. He's always just himself. David Holloway, how are you, sir?
1: Good. Plain is underrated. That's always been my philosophy. Bland and plain, two of the loveliest words in the English language. And perfect for podcasters. They're the two things you want in a podcaster's job description, plain and bland.
0: That's true. That—that That is...
1: Look where it's got us. It's got us a long way so far.
0: Where has it got us, David? Tell me, yeah, I Yeah, mean,
1: not, not... Where exactly least. has it got us? Yeah, not far. It's, but, yeah... And happy Mother's Day to you, Simon. As a mother, I know you appreciate the recognition.
0: I do, but the little bastards never ring.
1: <laughs> oh, I was going to make a joke about dropping the kids off at the pool, but we won't go there.
0: Oh, oh, David.
1: Yeah, sorry. You've got to go to the bowel. Always. It never hurts.
0: As we've already described, you shouldn't try to be too witty.
1: No, no. Plain, bland. Sorry.
0: Or or at all. Really. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, Happy Mother's Day, and, and it's it's a bit of a, a historical day in Australia. Anyway, why is that? I think I hear we had a prime minister that uh, called the election today, which I think is a big call to do it on Mother's Day. Although I notice, I note in uh, the press conference after he'd been to the Governor General to ask permission to to call the election or to advise the Governor General to call, call the election, um, he he made the the pointed. Uh, point. Gee, that's good grammar. Made the pointed point of um, thanking all mums for their service to Australia before, call it, you know, going on to the guts of the press conference.
0: Oh yes, I seem to recall he made a point of making uh, saying that it wasn't a political thing he was doing, despite the fact that it blatantly was.
1: Exactly. So yeah, first time we'll have a July election in many years, and the first double dissolution since 1987.
0: Yeah, and that that worked out well for everybody.
1: yeah well from memory yeah because uh we shouldn't go that's all dark deep and dark boring history but from my my memories was that the super long election campaign hawk had and he just about lost it
0: uh hawk nearly lost any number of things any number of times yeah
1: i have a feeling that was the long campaign i mean this one is what 56 days longer since 1967 when it was 60-something days. That's insane. We're
0: already bored with the whole
1: thing. Yes. But But it could be worse. We could be in the US.
0: Well, no, at least there's a floor show and a dinner. True. What what do we get? What have we got?
1: Yeah, we just get 56 days of, you know, uh, orchestrated press stops and that's about it. I I was saying to someone today, can you imagine if you're the Prime Minister or our opposition leader, Bill Short, and you suddenly go, well, for the next 56 days, I'm up at 4.35am, I've got to have my campaign briefing with the team on the phone or face-to-face, and then I've got to do 20-something, you know, appearances a day, and I'm going to do that every day for the next 56 days.
0: Well, the one hope I have with the whole long election thing is that... This schedule might kill the whole damn lot of them and <laughs> it's not
1: clean. Oh, that's a good idea either. Well or the optimistic yeah, optimistic that it kills them all or they at least spread it out a little bit that they're not doing twenty things a day. I mean imagine if you're in the press gallery following that round for that long. I can't that, imagine there's people, you know, screaming to be on the, the campaign bus.
0: No. No, I don't think that's really a good job in any country.
1: No. We've watched the West Wing and House of Cards. We know what it's like.
0: That's that's true. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I just... I think people have already started turning off, switching off, whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a politics junkie, but even I'm going, yeah, 56 days, there can't be too much exciting, particularly... Or let, let's talk a Australian election first, because I know we're going to talk US. So Australian election, it, it is going to be boring. We've got Malcolm Turnbull, the current Prime Minister... He was a little bit exciting when he he came to the leadership late last year, but I think he's got pretty damn boring. And Bill Shorten is 10 times worse. So that's without any political bias as far as who I'm voting for or anything. It's more just purely based on personalities and not exactly Mr. and Mr. excitement.
0: No. No, basically, what we've got one of them is like the head of the school debating team gets taken around the back of the bike sheds and gets beaten up. (laughs) And we got the other one who would like to be head of the school debating team who regularly gets taken around the back of the bike sheds and gets beaten up. Uh, We don't have much in the way of charisma with either of them, unfortunately. There's no energy, no differentiation. It was interesting hearing Malcolm Turnbull, that's the leader of the coalition, which is the right of sort of centre party. Um, when he was trying to orate, I thought he'd be better at it, quite honestly. But he's he's actually not a very good public speaker. Yeah, and I,
1: he stumbles a lot.
0: I, I thought he'd be better. His his intonation is absolutely crap. Uh, really, he, Bill Shorten's not that far behind him, quite frankly. No. Uh, and I, I, I thought we'd be in for a little bit more... A bit more Churchill but no
1: I think Shorten tries to be Churchill but just fails to pull it off he sounds so rehearsed and staged when he speaks Turnbull is a little bit like that but at least comes across with a natural flow of conversation with it all it stumbles whereas Shorten always sounds like he's I don't know he's been rehearsed through it 28 times and he's just reading off cue cards
0: uh, well, I think that's exactly what's going on there. Uh, I mean, any time they get out in front of the cameras, invariably a politician of any stripe, of any at any decent level, has been um, prepared and rehearsed and they've run through all of the potential questions they can be asked. I mean, if the West, West Wing taught us anything, it's that. And it's no different in a Westminster-style democracy, <laughs> democracy, um, <laughs> as, as, uh, as the Republic. So, I think... Turnbull's biggest problem is that he gets run through the uh, the rehearsal mill as well, but because he's a he's a fairly fairly smart man and uh, a he was a former lawyer wasn 't he it's form- uh,
1: yes yeah. yeah
0: and a merchant banker and fairly fond of the sound of his own voice and and thinks he is one of the smartest men in the room but the trouble is he he thinks he's the smartest man in the room so he doesn't want to just stick with what he's been rehearsed. He will try and embellish or put a variation on it. And then he just ends up catching himself and then stumbling, as that's you said, right. So he's probably too clever for his own damn good. And I can't – I would imagine that's going to come and bite him in the next, next two months. Because unfortunately, he's not fireproof like some other people. Who are running for um, major political office at the moment?
1: The Trump Meister.
0: Trump Meister.
1: Um, yeah, look, it's fascinating. I'm not surprised he's got the Republican nomination. Um, I still, think he's on a, a hiding to nothing against Hillary Clinton. But with a big disclaimer, and I think he's already starting to do this. If he decides to get all statesmanlike and reasonable, I reckon he's in.
0: Yeah, I think he's still got a few more surprises left. I, I still can't quite imagine a world where he's going to be president. But given that I'm the guy that said I thought Marco Rubio would probably <laughs> get the nomination, um, I'm clearly not to be believed. So let's just uh, let's just work on the assumption that he gets confirmed at the convention and I can't really see any way around it at this stage. So do you, do you really – what do you think the, a debate between him and Hillary is going to be like?
1: Well, he, he's either going to have to totally repre- repress his natural nature and pull off Mr. Statesman, in which case he could actually do it all right there, although Hillary I would have thought intellectually would, would outdo him, you know, run rings around him. So I can't see him pulling off a lot of debates. I won't be surprised if he tries to limit the debates severely.
0: I I think Hillary could actually run into a bit of a problem there. Because one of the problems she has is a bit like our politicians. She's dull as dishwater. Yeah. And she's a technocrat. So... She's the kind of person, and, and I mean, she's she's been a part of the machine. She's a creature of the machine, as so many of them are. I mean, that was one of the refreshing things about Obama, uh, for a lot of people, and I think that's one of the reasons he got in was because yes, he was what was he a first term senator like yeah. Cruz, but he had he had a bit of uh, had well, I mean, obviously there was uh, the the obvious thing about him, which was attractive to some voters because it's time and. Kind of help. Wondering if uh, the Hillary camper, hoping that because she's a woman, the the concept of it's time we had a female president, might they hope that might actually provide a bit of impetus. I hope not, because I'd like to think the right person gets put in the job. Yes, uh, rather than it just being due to uh, to a, a, an ethnic background or um, what how you how your genitals are positioned. But, you know, that's not the world we live in, clearly. So, yeah, she might end up getting up, excuse the phrase, uh, over over Trump. But the trouble is with these debates, I think she could end up with her experience and her knowledge of details actually turning people off, then providing the the razzle-dazzle, the interest, the color, and... Every time she goes on camera, she puts people to sleep. One of the things that I'm reminded of with this, although not too literally, I have to admit, is the Nixon JFK debate, the famous one. Do you recall? the uh,
1: I've actually not seen that, but I've heard of it, yeah.
0: Uh, but that's the interesting thing, is whether you saw it or whether you heard it. So whether you watched it on television or whether you heard it on radio, entirely influenced who you thought won. People who go on.
1: No, was it was that the first televised one?
0: I think it was one. Of, I think it was yeah. One of the first ones. Yeah. Um, so the people that watched it on television, obviously, because watching things on radio was uh, is still part and not something Doesn't work. Yeah. Do it. Um, thought JFK won because he was just more personable and the his natural charisma came through the lens. He was a, one of the first. Uh, great um, what would you call him? one of the first great communicators, I suppose yeah, yeah. visual age, Nixon, on the other hand, if you 're listening on radio, most people thought Nixon won because he sounded more in command, he sounded more presidential, uh, he gave better answers, and so on so we 're very much in a, te- in a in a televisual age, and Trump is very much a creature of that environment, so mm-hmm he's way better at it than she is. She's, for all of her strengths, and she has many strengths, I'm not going to deny that, um, on-screen charisma ain't one of them. No. So, yeah.
1: It'd be interesting to see. I mean, you, you want to make a prediction for the general election?
0: For the presidential election? Yeah,
1: not for, obviously not Rubio anymore.
0: No, well, I... What's going to interest me more, and I, I think I'm going to hold fire until I see who they choose, both choose as running mates. Yeah,
1: good point. Yes. That's
0: going to make an awful lot of difference. Hillary probably needs to choose someone who's got a, a bit more personality, a bit more – can add some colour to the campaign. Uh, and Trump, on the other hand, needs someone who's a, a politician, someone who's a bit more grounded, a bit more fact-based and a, probably a bit more respected by the part of the party that uh, – isn't coming on board at this point
1: if hillary was watching house of cards she'd put bill in as vice president
0: Mm, no she wouldn't
1: (laughs) no if if that was the only reason as far as if she was basing everything on house of cards she would put bill in as vice president
0: what would that make him first man
1: no make him vice president so, um, I, and this is spoiler oh, alert for those who haven't watched House of Cards season four, but that's exactly what happens. Frank Underwood puts his wife in as vice president.
0: Oh, now you've completely spoiled it for everybody.
1: Thanks. I put spoiler alert. Yeah, but you need to give people more warning. No, they can. Uh, look, if I have wrecked it for someone, but it's, it's no huge surprise and it doesn't wreck the main storyline at all. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do we forgive him, people? If you don't forgive him, please Twitter bomb him.
1: (laughs) Oh, damn, I could do without those two tweets.
0: Oh, you know who they're going to be from anyway.
1: (laughs) That's right, you.
0: Probably, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. You can't really make a prediction until the running mates, and I haven't ever actually looked at who um, would be. I know, obviously, Bernie Sanders won't be for Hillary Clinton. It'll be someone totally out of the blue to some extent um and trump god knows I, I can't believe he'd be stupid enough to do something like sarah palin but you never know
0: no no i don't think you bring sarah palin i don't even know she'd want the job no so, but who knows she's probably too busy lo- trying to look at out-
1: Kanye. would trump put kenya in
0: uh i don't know i, th- I don't I think the white house can only take one demagogue at a time yes and, and Kanye is way crazier than Trump has ever been.
1: Oh, God, yeah. And, um, the, the, all right, so without predictions of, of things then, uh, what about an assassination prediction? Um, ho- hello, Skynet. Um, what's the chances if Trump becomes president of being knocked off in his first term?
0: About the same as Obama being knocked off in his, his first term, I would say.
1: Yeah, but there wasn't even... a. I mean, I'm sure there were lots of ones avoided, but there was no actual uh, attempt. I think uh, we'd we'd at least see an attempt.
0: Well, no attempt that we know of.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. There would have been lots of averted attempts.
0: Attempted presidential assassinations tend to be a bit like Y2K. Yes. uh, If all the background stuff hadn't been done in the first place, then it would have been a thing. But because a lot of stuff was done, it wasn't a thing. And then everyone was going, well... It was supposed to be a thing, and it wasn't a thing.
1: Yeah, you tried. You tried telling, putting that logic to the people that laugh at me when I say I filled up my bath on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine.
0: Well, I I had a similar sort of preparation, except I was sitting in a spa bath, um, drinking out of a bottle of Yellow Glen. So <laughs> slightly different. Yeah,
1: mine was about water supply in case the plumbing uh, in case the water supply went down.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a different plan. I thought I'm going to get completely wrecked because it's New Year's and if planes are falling out of the sky tomorrow, then I'll get my baseball bat and go down to the local (laughs) 7-Eleven.
1: Nice. Um, All right. So no assassination. I I predict that there'll be at least one attempt on Trump and um, I also wouldn't rule out the Joint Chiefs of Staff or other senior members of the bureaucracy assassinating him in the White House.
0: Okay, uh, we'll we'll pencil that in and uh, let me know uh, when the Secret Service drops Guantanamo, <laughs> would
1: you? I just got to go, someone at the door. Yeah, no, all right, I'll let you know.
0: Okay, and do you want to make any sort of prediction about the Australian oh, election? Oh, yeah,
1: yes, so Australian election. So for those down under, there are 150 lower house seats. Uh, the coalition, so the Liberals and the Nationals, um, hold 90 of those 150 seats. I believe they'll drop it back to 79 is my prediction. So they'll still uh, have an outright majority of about four seats. That's my best guess. What about you?
0: I have no guess. I don't care.
1: Okay. That's, well, that's about 97% of the population are in that boat. Um, yep. And I know that 97%, this is going back a few years, uh, I was sitting in on a Sunday morning on the Australia Day long weekend in a uh, political party conference that had been organised and there was a guy who'd worked on Clinton's campaign yeah. had come out to speak to all us assembled party faithful and he basically said, it's a beautiful Sunday morning on a long weekend, you are part of the 3% that actually give a shit, the other 97%, the same 97% don't. Mm-hmm. Yes, so no predictions. You're not even going to put a number on it.
0: No, I I find myself staggeringly uninterested. I'm going to what I'm going to do is the same as with uh, with the the current state of games consoles. I'm going to wait until there's a bit more information out there and we're a bit further along to release date and then make a choice. And still, disp- because we have compulsory voting here and uh, I'll be waiting for the black van to pull up and frog march me down to the local voting booth because I have no choice in the matter, uh, I may decide then whether to actually pick a party or just do a donkey vote.
1: Well, there's always that. I've scrutinised for a number of elections, and some of the things people write on uh, how to vote when they're donkey vote are fascinating.
0: Oh, I imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, usually lots of expletives, but the odd poem, the, you know, limerick, the odd, um, you know, I wouldn't piss on you if you're on fire. Uh, I think the odd nutty one, it was quite interesting.
0: Well, that's one thing about the Senate voting paper is there's plenty of space. Oh yeah. You, You could probably transcribe an entire James Joyce novel onto that thing. It's that big.
1: It's huge. Um, and I know you won't be interested in this either, but Senate prediction, um, as per usual, neither Liberal or LNP or Labor will get an outright majority in the Senate. Greens will come back as strong as they are now, maybe slightly stronger. Jackie Lambie in Tasmania will be elected. Nick Xenophon will probably get back plus another one or two if he's lucky. Uh, and most of the other guys will get the arse, I would have thought.
0: All I care about is Barnaby Joyce getting back in so he can set fire to Johnny Depp's bloody dogs if they come back into the country.
1: I love Barnaby. We've already talked about this, haven't we? We love Barnaby Joyce.
0: I have a a healthy respect
1: for him. Yes, he's a good bloke.
0: Uh, Speaking of people who probably should be in the top job, Apple seem to be having a bit of trouble at the moment. Their sales of phones are dropping. Yes. They don't seem to know what the word innovate means anymore. No, literally not. Not innovate. So since they seem to be sliding into the territory of corporate mediocrity and becoming the next Hewlett-Packard or the next Dell, should they get someone more visionary, more oh, what's the word? More of a dreamer in. Someone like Elon Musk to run the company.
1: Well, he's got nothing else to do.
0: It's true. There's, there's only the, uh, the, propelling people along in a vacuum tube, uh, the space thing. SpaceX,
1: yeah. And Tesla, uh,
0: Tesla, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure he's got plenty of spare time.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be great. I think I. It was always a big mistake when and when Steve Jobs died to just put. See, is that bland? I can't even think of his name off the top. Uh, uh, Cook. Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Um, It was always a mistake to put a bland, bureaucratic-looking dude like him in, and it's proven to be the case. They've jumped the shark well and truly.
0: Do you think they've – well, let's see. Jumping the shark is normally something done when – well, it's usually TV, let's face it – they've run out of ideas and they just start getting more and more ludicrous. Do you, do you think they really think they've gotten to the point where they're ludicrous?
1: No, probably not ludicrous. It's more sloppy. So I'm just sick of like the computer that I use to podcast on, I can't shut down. It just it, it, it crashes every single time I shut down. I've Googled everywhere. The Apple support forums are use, useless. It appears it's a relatively widespread issue. Nothing's been done about it for three OSs now. It's just that stuff. You would always get bugs in operating systems, but stuff like they just seem to care less and less. And like a lot of game game stuff, we talk about where we become the bug the beta testers rather than the customers. Um, I'm just a bit over them, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I have to admit, I'm I'm feeling a little bit that way um, mm-hmm. when I my current job. They got a, a brand new iMac. Yep, me to use. So the latest version, it's a, an i7, whatever the graphics card is, uh 5K display, you know, ooh, 5K, ooh. I have to press my nose against it to see the pixels. <laughs> doesn't matter that the graphics card actually really struggles to just update the bloody screen.
1: That's right.
0: And when you've got something like Illustrator or, you know, a, a computer that's basically designed for the creatives, uh, when you've got creative software running, the machine struggles. Yep. And that just seems to be, as you say, a part and parcel. Uh, who was it? It was uh, Palmer Lucky, the uh, the founder of Oculus Rift. That's right, yep. Uh, he said that, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he basically he said that uh, they wouldn't be bothering with Oculus on Apple until Apple learned how to make good computers he's not wrong. No. It's a, it's a bit like an Apple car. The, the idea of an Apple car actually coming into existence fills me with dread. They'll probably leave doors out because they don't want it ruining the, the, the smooth <laughs> lines. And you get in the sunroof. or I don't know. You, you have to liquefy yourself and pour yourself in through the cigarette lighter. Who the hell knows? It's Apple. They'll oh, yes. Stupid. The magic mouse that came with the computer... Do you know where they put the um, or is it the, the lightning connector on that thing so you can recharge it? Do you know where it is?
1: I'm get, is it on the bottom or the front? Somewhere where you get in the way all the time.
0: It's on the bottom. Yeah. So you can't charge it as you use it. If you forget to charge it and it runs out, you have to go to IT and get a crappy Lenovo mouse because that at least will actually operate.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's stuff like that. You go, what are they thinking?
0: They, the only reason they put it on the bottom is so it doesn't ruin the look. This is a company that has got no idea what it's doing anymore.
1: No, nah, agreed. It's,
0: it's aesthetics over function. And so, yes, Elon Musk probably would, I think, be good there. But I hope to God if they ever made the offer, he didn't accept it.
1: Yeah, that would be the proof in the pudding for him for sure.
0: Well, you think about it. Propelling people at high speed um, across the nation, well, California, but, you know, eventually, um, getting people into space, what did they do? They got a payload into space, hooked up to the ISS, and came back down again, brought it back down again. Mm. So, because NASA, since the space shuttle shut down, but, okay, great, you you're using... Soyuz capsules and Pioneer, oh no, Progress capsules, which are the automatic unmanned ones. You're using technology from basically when Kennedy was still alive. But this is what the American space program has been reduced to. So it takes someone, an entrepreneur like Musk, to actually get stuff happening again. What he's doing, especially with what he's doing with the electric cars, has got to be has got to be infinitely more useful than anything Apple has ever produced, ever. But especially now. And a viable electric car, self-driving or not, has got to be more important than a thinner bloody iPhone.
1: No, you're yeah, absolutely right. Although it would be nice to have electric iMac rather than this petrol thing I've got now.
0: Oh, uh, do you do you find that you smack your wife in the face when you're trying to uh, use the starter cord?
1: Yeah, that's right. And it's just like that's I've got the room closed up for for acoustics, and I, I, I'm already starting to feel a bit dizzy from the exhaust. But beyond that, it's all good.
0: I wouldn't mind if it was a V8, but Apple always put a two stroke in the damn. That's
1: right. Well, actually, now you mentioned the graphic cards, I love that my Retina MacBook Pro, which so it's one of the best Mac laptop you can buy, and um, it. Sc- it's fan just about screams running wow
0: oh that sounds like my ps4 running anything
1: yeah I, I actually yeah okay we should save that for flashpoint but um i it's only a couple of games i can actually hear my ps4 but y- yeah you do hear it a bit
0: yes we'll save that for another show yes we're off topic all right but speaking of cars because we sort of were Lift and general motors are uh, Planning to launch a self-drive taxi service. Now so, that's interesting.
1: So how does that work? As far as they supply the car and you drive, or as in a self-drive, as in a driverless car, driverless car. Right. Okay.
0: So GM have already. <laughs> I think this is a little bit confusing, but they have the Volt and the Bolt. One is a hybrid. One is pure electric.
1: I'm just having, a, and I still don't. I still can't.
0: Both look like bricks.
1: Yeah, and I still can't understand how they're going to transition to driverless. I just, for the life of me, can't see how it'll work if you've got, say, half the cars around being driverless and the other half being with drivers. I can't see anything but disaster resulting.
0: I think they might do it the same way the, the what was it, the, that 19th century automata, was it the, the something Turk, the magic Turk, the miraculous Turk. It was basically a chess-playing automata Automata, yes, automaton autom- uh, that would play chess. But basically, what it was was it was mechanical. But there was a, um, a little person, a midget dwarf, whatever term we're using these days, uh, was actually inside the cabinet to, playing the game, <laughs> and, and then operating the uh, the, the mechanical superstructure. Basically, I think that's what they're going to do with this. They're going to put little people inside. <laughs> inside the uh, Chevrolet Bolt, and that's what's going to do the driving.
1: So height challenge people have got uh, another new, uh, what do you call it, career.
0: Well, think about it. I mean, it's either that or appearing as Ewoks.
1: Yeah, we'll just ask um, Warwick, what's her name?
0: Or Tyrion Lannister. I mean, career options seem to be somewhat limited. Um, so it's, it's, it's good. It's equal opportunity. Actually, it's not equal opportunity. It's it's horribly, horribly biased because you have to be under four foot to fit into the little compartment that no doubt these vehicles are going to provide.
1: Yeah, you certainly wouldn't be able to get in there.
0: No. No, I, I just sort of have to sprawl across the roof. I think that might work. Well, you
1: and I are a bit like uh, Police Academy Hightower. We need to pull out the front seat and sit in the back seat to drive.
0: I have had... There's been a few cars I have had to open the... Um, the sunroof? Yeah, sunroof.
1: Oh, so your head's, I, mean, well, I can understand that.
0: Well, it's either that or i am sort, of, <laughs> sort of got my head bent on an angle or something. Yeah,
1: it's not comfortable. Or leave
0: a permanent impression in the upholstery. No one wants that.
1: No. Absolutely not. So, okay, so driverless te- yeah, I, I can see them being useful, particularly for inner city routes, really firm routes. I could see that working really well, but I, I said I still worry about the combination of, drivers' cars, um, real taxi drivers and other drivers all sharing the same roads.
0: Which, which one of those groups worries you more, David? Oh,
1: I, I think I, th- I can imagine the human taxi drivers not being happy with the automated ones. And, and we all know what some human tra- taxi drivers are like. They're, they're not the best adherence to the road rules. sometimes. I could just see it ending very badly.
0: Uh Yeah, well, that's the, uh, that's probably the only reason why Uber cars don't keep getting sideswiped off the roads into ditches is because taxi drivers can't identify which are Uber cars.
1: That's right. Have you ever thought about doing Uber?
0: Well, I don't have a car. So, so that, that
1: rules that out. Sure, yeah. yeah I don't know why. I've, I just thought it'd be a nice little money earner on the side. But then I think the reality of a Friday, Saturday night spending four or five hours driving drunk, vomiting, and, and creepy people around, I think it would get old pretty quick.
0: But that's the – and I've been a bit hesitant about embracing the whole idea of Uber. Uh, I've only actually been in one – had one Uber experience. But I did kind of grill the driver a bit. Uh, very nice fellow. And you pretty much can pick up anyone you want and stop whenever you want. It's not like you, you're on a shift and – No, you have, true. If, if, you, if you don't have – it's a bit like uh, on eBay – Uh, If someone's sold like five things and they've got no substantial reputation, you probably don't want to buy off them.
1: They've
0: built up a bit more of a rep. So it's the same sort of thing. They grade you, you grade them.
1: And if you're going to buy a trampoline on eBay, a 10-foot diameter trampoline, don't ask after you've paid for it whether it will fit in a normal car, which is what happened to me in recent months.
0: Uh, were you the buyer or the seller?
1: I was the seller. So uh, needed to offload a 10-foot uh, diameter trampoline. It's a little bit, old, still full working order, but couldn't be December, like dismantled. I don't think you'd get it back together again. Made that very, very clear, the dimensions, and you couldn't dismantle it. Sold it. Uh, got $56 for this rusting trampoline, which blew my mind. And then the, the buyer said, oh, will it fit on the back of a Triton Ute?" And it was like, no. And so it all went to poo from there. But I ended up selling it to a lovely gentleman for 99 cents.
0: That's probably more satisfying.
1: It was, and he was going to use it for uh, his daughter who was not well, and it was lovely. And I I obviously waived the 99 cents. I was just so thrilled that someone actually came. To be honest, though, he did turn up with a box trailer to pick it up in, and it wouldn't fit on that either, but we got there eventually. Oh. See? Sorry, off topic again. But yeah, that one worked out well. So you got a free trampoline and I got a piece of crap out of my yard. It was all good.
0: Well, on the topic of free things that delight children, what about Free Comic Book Day?
1: You're the master of segways. Thank you. Uh, Free Comic Book Day was uh, yesterday as far as Saturday in Australia, a time of recording. Um, US has obviously just had it um, today or uh, some states would still be no, it'd be well and truly done by now. Yep, um, I thought it was good. It's the first one I've actually attended fully. I think there are about fifty comics released this year. For that. so, for those unaware, Free Comic Book Day is an industry thing, run every year. It's its fifteenth year, I think, from memory. Um, and all the major publishers and some minor publishers put out special comics uh, purely for Free Comic Day. So everything from, for example, there was an Avengers Civil War. Oh, sorry, not Avengers, a Civil War II comic from Marvel through to, you know, Bongo Comics, a whole bunch of things. Phantom actually had one because it was the 70th or 80th anniversary of Phantom this year, I didn't realise. And so you go into your local comic shop if you're lucky enough to have one, and they have them all there, and you pick up free comics. And it's obviously designed to encourage new readers in the industry, particularly kids, uh, and yeah, I thought it was good. quality of the comics seemed quite good this year, Simon, did you go in?
0: I have to admit i didn 't go this year. I do turn up for most of them uh, local, My local uh, comics R us in um, in Chapel Street. usually does a good one. They have uh, people in in costumes yes, front and they have lollies and uh, they 've always always very attentive, always a lot of kids and I have to admit i I do enjoy seeing well, I suppose it 's the next generation getting turned on to comics. It, it has definitely become more popular. The movies just have inspired yeah. of interest. Uh, even in children who are too young to actually see the movies technically. But that's good. And the quality of the artwork, I've, I've the earlier ones are sort of, eh, you're just trying to lead me into buying this next series. But um, in the recent years, they really seem to have gone a little bit further further a bit beyond above and beyond and producing material that's that's worth having just in its on its own merits
1: absolutely no i I was really impressed and yeah you're right it's lovely seeing the younger generation um i didn't quite get a tear in my but i was really cool to see at my local comic shop um a probably he would have been 11 or 12 year old in with his mum at the comic shop, um, going through with the owner about what he was going, he was allowed to add three comics to a, a standing order each month. And it's like, yeah, that's good to see still happens.
0: Yeah. So yeah. It's the, nice having a shop that will actually do a standing order for you.
1: Oh yes. No, I'm, I'm rather happy with that. It's I only get about four or five a month. That's all I can afford, but it's still nice to be able to walk in and pick up your comics.
0: Yeah, I'd say I get four or five a month. It really depends how many sub-subtitles Deadpool spawned.
1: Yes. Oh, and I've, I, I think I've, I've given one anecdote about this before. I, I was uh, in a work environment in recent weeks and, and sitting with a, a lovely lady who's got a seven-year-old who she took to see the Deadpool movie. <laughs> And she went, oh, it was a bit of a shock when it started. And it's like, yeah, definitely not for a seven-year-old. And is there any truth in the rumours of an X-rated version? I saw a link the other day, but I didn't click through to it. Someone was claiming there was... It was on a comic collection forum that they were going to re-release it in an X-rated format.
0: I wouldn't be entirely surprised if that turned out to be true. I'd be no more surprised about that than the fact that there's supposedly a four-hour cut of Superman or Batman versus Superman. So God. I'd actually sit through that. I'd quite happily buy that.
1: Um, I'm just looking and Google No, there's only one dodgy looking. I know. Well, bleeding cool here. Rob Liefeld weighs in on PG, R and X rated cuts of Deadpool. Um, oh, it's a petition oh, to grant. And they're after a PG cut, which would be nice to see as well. Um, and there's another petition for an X-rated cut. So it looks like it's just petitions, not actually a reality.
0: There is a PG cut. All you have to do is buy the DVD when it comes out, and then parents, be parents, and just cover your child's eyes at the appropriate moment. It's not difficult. You just have to pay attention to the kids you brought into this world.
1: That's true, and you just need to know the movie well. but you're right, you could do that. So, yeah, free comic book day. Bring it on. It was good.
0: And speaking of uh, people that you brought into the world, uh, a significant person has recently left this world.
1: <laughs> oh, you just go for it, strength to strength. Yeah, Prince. So I think we talked about Bowie, didn't we, when he dropped off the tweak?
0: How could we not?
1: Yeah, I know. So Prince is up there. If I had to do a, a ranking, I don't know that I could rank Prince higher than Bowie, but he's bloody close. mm Like, you know, if you'd say, look, Bowie, you know, if 100 out of 100 is the Beatles, Bowie was probably a solid 92 or 93, and I'd say Prince would be high 80s.
0: You're, You're using the Beatles as a baseline?
1: Well, as a general rule in rock music, if you take the broadest definition of rock, the Beatles would be considered still the best rock act that's ever been. By the majority of of music fans. Like, what? who would you argue were better than the Beatles? Unless you're going to argue Elvis, and then I'll start to really worry.
0: Yaz and the plastic population?
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> I'll put Beatles at 100 and Yaz at 101. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Prince, he was up there.
0: He He was definitely... He was innovative. I, I still remember the first time I actually saw. It's a bit. Actually, it's a bit like I remember when I first saw a, the uh, when Culture Club. Yep. Like their video, and I still remember Prince's first video. You remember Do you... Uh, his
1: first video? So, which, was that controversy? No. I'm guessing here.
0: Well, I don't know if it was his first video. It's the first video I saw, and it was a song called "I Want to Be Your Lover."
1: Okay, yeah, yep, yeah. and it was a bit out there.
0: No, no, basically he was just sitting there probably buck naked, but you only saw him from the shoulders up. Uh and it was just a straight to camera piece.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't recall that one, but It'll
0: take as far as I recall,
1: cuz I mean, for me Purple Rain was when I got into him, so I was only 13 or 14 when Purple Rain came out. I saw When doves cry um, on Countdown and I went, "Whoa, he's a bit edgy and went and bought purple rain, love the album. Um, and that was it for me. So yeah, but his older stuff's brilliant as well.
0: Yeah. He was very, very much in the edgy cause he, I mean, he was a, a small, slight man. So he could have played up the whole androgynous thing. Yes. But somehow, despite the fact he was Bowie-esque effectively in stature, Rather than doing that, he just went the whole horn dog thing. He he was he was the king of sex. Oh yeah. Uh, which, when you think about it, when you take a step back and think about it, that's actually quite an achievement.
1: Oh yeah, no, he it's and just how prolific he was. I actually uh, can't remember how many albums he's had, but it's incredible. Let alone the hits and, and everything else.
0: Uh, so, the, quality and the quality of his output has just been
1: staggering. Well, the and- day he died, Double J ran. They just, well, they, they ended up playing Wall to Wall Prince 24 7 for three days. But the first day that he died there, I, I probably listened to him for two or three hours. And it's just incredible the amount of songs. And so now I'm just thinking about if you had Bowie and Prince both strapped to tables going toward those big circular saws and you could only save one, I'm trying to work out. I probably would say Bowie.
0: Yeah, I think I probably would as well. But then I think it's also probably got an awful lot to do with your age and your point of origin. Yes. Because probably from a more Anglo-centric aspect, Bowie would stand out more, but from an African-American experience, oh, God, yeah. Prince would be so much more significant. Oh, God. He, he would have to be. I mean, I've, I don't know if you can you can use a phrase like Black Elvis, but you may as well.
1: Oh, that's right. No, I, I agree. Too. And if I, ha- if I had the choice, if it was a different choice besides Circular Sores and Interview, I'd much rather interview Prince any day of the week. I reckon there's a lot more... Mystery. There would have been a lot more mystery to explore around him than Bowie had left.
0: Yes, yes, I, I think that's probably true. And, and just to be uh, even-handed here, I, I'd like to refer to Elvis as the White Prince.
1: Yes, that's right. Good, <laughs> good work. Uh,
0: Could, because I don't. I'm not sure that one is more significant than the other, apart from the fact that one just came earlier.
1: That's right. And I'm just hoping no more of these guys drop off this year. So, uh, And this is, uh, I hope you don't mind, a self-segue into the last item, which is um, carpool karaoke. For those that haven't seen them, the Late Late Show's James Corden, who's a pommy guy, um, gets in a car with a, a singer and drives around. And um, there's been a whole bunch of Dells, the guy from Coldplay. Adele's is brilliant. But the three that really struck me, I watched in the past week, were Rod Stewart, Elton John and Stevie Wonder. And probably out of the three, Stevie Wonders was the best. But it really struck home. If if you lost Stevie Wonder and probably Elton John to some extent too, it would have to be one of the worst years in music history for losing big stars.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Stevie Wonder hasn't done a lot recently, but there's a man who did so much, of such outstanding quality, fairly early on in his. Oh yeah. That it, it does, you know, you could basically he could basically just be urinating publicly, urinating, and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't diminish the contribution he's made.
1: No, and he was funny as I can't recommend that clip highly enough.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he's. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's well worth watching. Definitely. Rod Stewart's is, is fun to watch as well, if only because it's obvious he's not really comfortable with the whole thing to start with, but he, he warms up. He gets into it.
1: That's right.
0: And um, that's quite refreshing to see.
1: Was it beer and shagging was the catchphrase from that one? Beer yeah. and shagging.
0: Yeah, he, um, he I i don't know anything about – what was that thing called? Something and Stacey he, that James Corden did?
1: Uh, Gavin and Stacey, yeah, yep.
0: Never watched the show. No
1: don't know, know
0: anything about it. I don't really want to watch a, a show about working class people in a two-up, two-down. or not being a snob, but it's just a bit too close to home. Sorry, don't watch <laughs> Coronation Street. For the same goddamn reason, all the East Enders. There, I said it. Um, you want to watch people suffering in squalor, go for it. That's uh, <laughs> no problem with that at all. Um, what he's doing is a bit self-indulgent. Yes. As, as I can see. But I suppose a working-class lad who's done well and now he's driving around California with Stevie freaking Wonder, I can't blame him for taking oh, that opportunity.
1: You can tell he's having a ball, and why, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, he's... Yeah. He...
1: Yes. The funniest one in the Rod Stewart, and, and if, you, if you don't want a spoiler on the Rod Stewart one, then maybe just stop for the next 30 seconds, but I love how... Um, James Corden asked Rod Stewart, when did you lose your virginity? And Rod Stewart says, I lost her about when I was 15. It was an older girl. She was a big girl. She's about 30. And that's the song on which Maggie May's based. And James Corden, quick as a flash, said, is that the last time you slept with a woman that was older than you? And he, st- and he started to answer. And then he realized what had just been said. He just looked at it and went, shut up. <laughs> I thought that was just gold
0: yeah it's yeah there's some human moments in it, and it's, it's probably a worthwhile exercise just for that
1: yeah and the Sia one is quite funny, and for those that appreciate amazing singing um I don't think many people doubted Sia had a naturally good voice, but if you want to hear her in a car, it's obvious there's not there's obviously effects on every voice in a, on a recording, but they don't need to use a lot on her voice
0: yeah Sia's a funny one, I'd never heard of her, okay. Quite recently. I I didn't know of her. I mean, considering I live in the same bloody country, you'd think I'd have some awareness. But no, that's not the case at all. But I think Chandelier was the first thing she did that I heard of. And when I first heard that, I thought, oh, she's – oh, someone's ripping off Rihanna.
1: Yeah, well, Rihanna's ripping off her. Well, she writes for Rihanna, yeah.
0: Well, Rihanna's one of the people that she's written for. By the way, Rihanna, take a break. We're sick of you. Yes. But apparently, uh, what was it? Um, Was it Diamonds? Yeah. I think it was the song Sia wrote for For Rihanna. Yep. Rihanna picked up. And uh, when when someone writes a song and puts it out on the market for people to buy, because that's how these things are done, uh, they'll do a guide track. So this is what the song sounds like. Rihanna basically copied the guide track perfectly so much so that apparently seal thought it was her uh-huh. it was funny. her voice because rihanna had done such a, a a lockstep copy of it so yes interesting interesting but uh, interesting lady very talented lady and yeah she's got a good sense of pipes and unlike that girl that sings on uh, for florence and the machine who is always dialed up to 12 good God, girl, don't you learn the meaning of subtlety for Christ? She can,
1: and she can actually do so. I had the pleasure of seeing them live in the last uh, six or seven months uh, at the Opera House. I watched Florence and the Machine, and she you're right, she does tend to belt it out, but she can ease off a little bit sometimes.
0: How much is a little bit? If we're talking 12, how, how much? Well, I
1: should knock it back to eight sometimes. Um, she okay. does have some slower songs and some more gentle songs. She was very teary that night, too, because it was when the um, the, the French bombings had occurred that day. Um, oh. So she was a little bit emotional that night, too. So I think she might have been a bit more mellow.
0: When you say emotional, do you mean drunk?
1: Oh, well, you never know. But no, it was more feeling bad for the people of France and all that sort of stuff.
0: Because I saw the B-52s once, and apparently the girls had a head, a I am doing air quotes here, a head cold. <laughs>
1: B-52s, I only saw them in the last five years and they were still good live. But And I've just joined a band, speaking of great musicians.
0: Oh, are we going to get a track to, um, to see us anth- oh,
1: Only if you like really poor pub rock covers of um, Radiohead's Creep or, uh, or what about Doobie Brothers' um, China Grove? It's it's forty you know, it's forty it's people the wrong side of forty and getting close to fifty who like playing RSL clubs, that should give you an idea.
0: Do you do Creed covers?
1: Uh Creed uh Creed is in the band Creed, or you mean Creed is in short for Creed's Clearwater Revival? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. No, I, I understand
1: the difference. Okay. I understand I'm, there's a band I, called Creed. Meant but the, I meant the band Creed. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely no Creed. And um, more, and we don't do any Creed's Clearwater revival, but it wouldn't surprise me if we did.
0: What about Nickelback? Do you do any Nickelback? No, oh, God,
1: no, come on. I've got some standards.
0: <laughs> I just had to check.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. I
0: really had to check just to be on the safe no, side. A bit
1: of in excess, a bit of all that stuff. But, yeah, it's a, it's a bit exciting after a few years of not playing to actually be doing it again. Um, so yeah, look, look for us at an RSL club near you. And our, our band name I like too. It's the first band I've been in. I actually like the name, Recycled.
0: Has it got a clever spelling or is it just Recycled?
1: Oh, no, I hate clever spelling, but no, just normal spelling. Yeah, I hate, it's like Slade you used to spell all their songs with extra z Zs and I used to hate that stuff. Love Slade though.
0: Yeah, they had their moments. They did. So, where are you performing next, sir?
1: Oh no, well, I've only just joined, so it's a couple of months of rehearsal, and then uh, we'll see. But it'll be it'll be literally an RSL club somewhere, I'm sure, in the Illawarra. Nice, nice band. And what's funny is three of us are called David. So there's five in the band, and three of us are called David. So that's not going to cause any confusion.
0: No, no, I can't see that ending badly at all. <laughs>
1: At least if they say, Dave, you suck, I, can, I just hope it's one of the other two.
0: That's fair. Speaking of ending badly...
1: Yes, let's end it badly.
0: <laughs> and in the interest of good taste, we'll call that a show. If you have any ideas or suggestions, feel free to email them to contact at oceanicgamer.com or you can tweet David using at creativeshed or me, the infinitely preferable choice. Yes. RPG beats rl for sorry you'll have to edit that or you no knowing no you I won't, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> for earlier episodes visit www.creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or possibly Google Plays podcast thing but because that's only the US and Canada yeah
1: so it's limited to USA and Canada <laughs> is it that's a bugger. So I was so excited when I got the notification of Google Play that we'd been accepted. But So it is geo-limited at the moment, is it, to USA and Canada?
0: Yeah, I can't, even, I can't even get on there on my VPN. It's just a tunnel bear. I love you, but you failed me there.
1: I mean, that's one thing. I, I, I hate iTunes, but it's slightly better than Google Play.
0: Oh, Google Play will be okay. It's just going to spread its wings a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, everyone, thank you. So very much for listening.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: This is double speed or 1.5 speed, as (laughs) at least one of you does. Really? for that, yes. Uh, And if you like what you heard or enjoy rubbernecking at Trainwrecks, remember to subscribe to
1: us. Is there any way you can record it at double speed?
0: Well, you're the one that records it, David. You're the producer. We
1: could get through in 20 minutes, half an hour. Leave it with me.
0: That's not how it, that's how Quantum Break works. It's not how recording podcasts.
1: Oh, so it's just because I watched Interstellar again last night.
0: And did you? Did it make any more sense?
1: You know what? It actually, I do recommend it uh, a second time because there are a whole bunch of things you don't pick up the first time that I, I understood the ending in context of the beginning, but it's a lot clearer this time. So yeah, recommend it. Although it is two hours and what is it, forty five minutes? An incredibly long movie.
0: And it makes no freaking sense.
1: I think it does till the very end. The the bookshelf stuff, yeah, it, it starts to lose the plot there right at the end.
0: Oh, I'm sure that's a, that's an allegory or a alliteration or a metaphor or other.
1: Uh, I think it's meant to be scientific, but then there is the there is the theory that he it's his um way of visualizing his children that he's actually dead at that stage that when he goes into the black hole uh, and when he ejects he dies and the whole bookshelf bit and meeting his daughter as a 90 year old 90 whatever year old is all his dreaming as he's those final moments before he dies which i don't buy i don't buy that in context of the movie
0: i've heard similar nonsense expressed for gravity as well
1: Yes.
0: Quite honestly, the black Disney's The Black Hole did that whole concept years ago in an infinitely less successful movie.
1: Yes. I liked Gravity, though, for what it was.
0: I enjoyed Gravity as well. Mm. I like Sandra Bullock.
1: Yeah, she was good.
0: She's good people.
1: Um, George Clooney's very good in Carpool Karaoke as well. Does he sing? Uh, only indirectly. So uh, he makes a guest appearance with another megastar in the back seat with uh, Gwen Stefani from No Doubt.
0: Gwen Stefani's a megastar now?
1: No, no. So, so George Clooney and another megastar in the back seat. Gwen Stefani's the, the actual focus of the Carpool Karaoke. But George Clooney and someone else joins. I just didn't want to give him. Julia Roberts. Oh, But George Clooney was quite funny in that one too.
0: Was Julia Roberts or did she just? Yeah, she
1: was all right. Yeah, she was all right. I don't mind Julia Roberts.
0: We should wind this up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we did.
0: This is the post-credit thing that if you forgot to turn your, your iPod off, this is what you get subjected to. Sorry.
1: Yeah, this is the curtain is well and truly drawn back.
0: So very sorry. I'm really sorry.
1: But yeah, I better go and put some pants on now.
0: Now you want to put pants on?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always record without pants.
0: Are we talking underwear or trousers?
1: Oh, same thing. For me, underwear is pants.
0: Because you go commando. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just need to throw up now, so (laughs) let's wind this podcast.
1: Yeah, all right. And, And enter the theme tune. Bye. Bye.